0: So good to see you. Uh, I'm so thankful that Mandy is here to lead worship with us uh, for the next uh, several minutes. Uh, my prayer for you is that you will set aside any distractions that you have. You now I know this week has been full of different things happening throughout our nation, throughout our world, and I just for the next couple minutes, I just want us to focus on the Word of God. I, I want us to put everything else aside. Just to focus on the Word of God right now, because I believe that God has a timely message for us right now. know we are tonight starting a brand new series called Finding faith uh, and back in the beginning of May, when I felt God uh, speaking to me saying this was what He wanted us to study as we went into the summer, i didn't know how timely it would be, but I, I fully believe that God did, and here's why when he Spoke to me about this. Here's what he said. He said, We need to find faith in the midst of chaos. We're finding faith in the midst of chaos. And right now, there is chaos all around us in this world. And it is so important for us as believers to find and hold on to our faith. And so that's what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks. We are going to be finding faith. We are going to be looking at the faith of several people, five specifically throughout the Bible. And tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about the faith of Abraham. We're going to be talking about how Abraham had mountaintop faith. You know, I think as we look at the faith of Abraham in Genesis, we're going to see that there were two ways Abraham did not have faith. But then there was one really uh, grand, big way that Abraham had mountaintop faith. Uh, And so before we get into the heart of the message, I kind of want to set the context here. And in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, God has called Abraham. God has gone to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want you to be the father of many nations. I want my people to come out of you. And I want your descendants to be as numerous as the stars. And so Abraham, uh, in Genesis 15, God makes a covenant With him And God uh, makes this covenant uh, and a covenant simply is a promise that cannot be broken. You know, when people get married, they make a covenant with one another. And the the mindset is, is that you are making a covenant with the person you are marrying, but also with God. And that that is a promise that should not be broken. And I know we are imperfect in keeping our promises sometimes. But God, when he makes covenants with people, he is so perfect in keeping them. And so we see in Genesis chapter 15 that God makes this covenant with Abraham. And in that, God promises Abraham many, many things. And God uh, is making this promise with Abraham. And keep in mind, uh, Abraham is about 98 years old at the time. So Abraham, a 98-year-old man, is having this promise made to him that, hey, you don't have any kids right now, but I promise you your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars. All of my people will come through you. And so the first point that I want us to look at and get to tonight as it regards to the faith of Abraham is that we need to have faith in miracles. Have faith in miracles. I want us to look uh, at how Abraham responds to God in Genesis chapter. 17. If you have your Bible, I I hope that you'll flip to me or flip with me to Genesis chapter 17. And we're going to look at this. And and this is one of the ways that we'll see Abraham did not have faith. So Genesis chapter 17, we're going to be in verse uh, verses 17 through 18. Here's what it says. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? So Abraham said to God, may Ishmael live under your special blessing. So here God says, I'm going to bless you. You know, God has told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You are going to have a son. You're going to be a father. And Abraham basically responds back to God saying, No, you're not. God is here making this grand, big, covenantal promise with Abraham, saying, I want to bless you. I will bless you. And Abraham's response is, no, I don't know that you will. I don't know that you're going to bless me and my wife, who's just as old, who can't have kids, who's never been able to have kids. I don't know that you're going to bless us with a son. Not to mention, If we look in Genesis chapter 18, verse 12, Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughs at the idea of having a kid. You see, Abraham didn't have faith in miracles. You know, as I was reading and preparing for this, uh, I really, uh, you know, just had this thought in my mind about what are the limitations that we set on God? What are the limitations we even set on ourselves sometimes when we have a lack of faith in ourselves, but also in God? And I came across a quote. Uh, There's a guy named Roy T. Bennett, and he wrote a book called The Light in the Heart. And here's what he writes in his book. He says, live the life of your dreams. When you start living the life of your dreams, there will always be obstacles, doubters, mistakes, and setbacks along the way. But with hard work, perseverance, and self-belief, there is no limit to what you can achieve. Believe in your potential. Your only limitations are the ones you set on yourself. I want you to catch that at the end. The only limitations you set on yourself, or the only limitations you have, are the ones that you set on yourself. The same can be said with God. I want you to know the truth that the only limitations God has are the ones that you and I set on him. God wants to bring miracles in your life. Know that. God wants to work his miracles, work his blessings, work his promises in your life. If all you say is, God, you can't. If you're like Abraham saying, God, you can't. God, you won't. Then you're not going to see the blessings and miracles of God happening in your life. And if that's what we're saying. If, if God is saying, I, I want to work blessings and miracles in your life, and our response to him is, God, you can't, God, you won't, then why are we surprised when we don't see his miracles? When we don't see his blessings in our lives? When we say that, we have completely shut him out. We aren't seeing the miracles, we aren't seeing the blessings, because we aren't even looking for them. We miss God's blessings. We miss the miracles that he wants to do in our lives because we aren't even looking for them. We aren't looking for them because we don't believe that he can. Sometimes we find ourselves missing the blessings because we don't think God can give us the blessings. We are the ones putting the limitations on God. You know, I've never understood this. I'll hear people say that they don't believe God wants to work good in their lives or that God can work good in their lives. I'll hear people say that, and I'll hear them say that they doubt God really wants to work good. Uh, but then, as uh, they see God working good in other people's lives, they say, well, why isn't God working good in my life? You know, that doesn't, that, that doesn't make too much sense. Because on one hand, we're saying, we don't think God can. And then on the other hand, we're saying, why isn't God But the problem is is we're missing it because we don't have faith. We have limited God because of our lack of faith. Abraham was limiting God and limiting the blessings and miracles that God could work in his life because he didn't have faith that God could do what he said he would do. If you don't believe in the blessings, why are you expecting the blessings? Why are you expecting the blessings if you don't even believe God can work them? I want to read another passage to you out of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 17, uh, verse 14 through 20. Matthew 17, verses 14 through 20. Here's what it says. Uh, And and to give you some context to, to what's happening here, the disciples have come across Uh, a man who is demon-possessed. And the disciples uh, lay hands on the man, and they're praying praying for the demon to be cast out, and they can't do it. They've seen Jesus do it, but they can't do it. And so they go to Jesus, and they ask, Jesus, why can't we cast out this demon from this man? And and look at what Jesus says in, in response to them in verse 20. He says, you can't do it because you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. He says, you can't do it because you don't have faith. And maybe God is telling us today, you're not seeing my blessings You're not seeing my miracles because you don't have faith. You don't have faith that I'll work those blessings. You don't have faith that I'll perform those miracles. But if you would have faith, you would see them. You know, we ask ourselves and we ask Jesus, why am I not receiving blessings? But when I look over here to my friend, All I see is blessings and miracles in their lives. Why are they receiving blessings and I'm not? Because let me tell you something. Your friend who is receiving and seeing those blessings come to fruition, they have faith for those blessings. When we don't see the blessings of God in our lives, it's because we're not looking for them. God wants all of us equally to experience his blessings and his miracles. But we have to have the faith. That God will do what he says. God has promised to us. God has made a covenant with us. A promise that he will not break. God has made a covenant with us that he will work good in our lives. In Romans 8, it says that God will work for the good of those who love him. And so as believers, God has made a promise to us to work for our good. To not work against us. To bless us. We have to have the faith that God is going to keep his word. We have to have the faith that God is going to actually deliver his blessings. You know, I find myself asking that question sometimes. But when I find myself asking that question, I realize I don't have faith and I'm not looking for the blessings. But when I see the blessings of God in my life, I recognize that I'm seeing those blessings because I'm looking for them. And I'm looking for those blessings because I have faith that God is delivering On his promises. You have to have faith in miracles. I want us to look back at Genesis chapter 16. Right after God promises Abraham that he's gonna have a son. Right after God promises Abraham that he's gonna have a son. I want us to look uh, at Genesis chapter 16. I'm gonna flip back here. Genesis chapter 16, verses 1 through 2. And what we're going to see here is how Abraham and Sarah respond to God's promise. Abraham goes to Sarah and and tells her everything that he's heard from God. Says, baby, we're going to have a son. Listen to this. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah went to Abram. The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram. Here we see uh, a question that I think is presented. Here's the question I want us to ponder as the second point. The question is, do you want God's will, or do you want your way? Do you want God's will, or do you want your way? Again, God has made a covenant with Abraham. He has made a promise with Abraham to deliver him a son. But Abraham, because even though he wanted the promises of God, and he had faith that God here would deliver the son, He decides to take matters into his own hands. Him and Sarah doubt the ability of God to deliver on his word. And he decides that he's going to fulfill God's promise in his life, his way. Again, do you want God's will or do you want your way? See, Abraham here is talking with Sarah and they both think the idea that God is going to give them a son that Sarah is going to have a kid. They think it's absolutely crazy. They think it's absolutely crazy because Sarah hasn't been able to have kids, and she's too old to uh, scientifically have kids. And so here's Sarah. She goes, well, I can't have kids. Well, I guess if God's going to deliver on his promises, it's going to be through this way, so let's go this way. Let's not be patient and wait for God to be faithful on his promises. Let's take matters into our own hands. And what ends up happening is Hagar has a son. Their servant has a son, and they name him Ishmael. Now, I want us to fast forward. So Ishmael's born, and I want us to fast forward to Genesis chapter 17 again. Genesis chapter 17, verses uh, nineteen uh, through, or 17 through 18 first. So Genesis 17, 17 through 18 And we just read this a moment ago. It says, then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at age 100? And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? Let Ishmael live under the blessing. And look at God's response right after this in verse 19 through 20. But God replied, no. Abraham says, let Ishmael be the blessing. Let Ishmael be the fulfillment to your promises. God, you you made the promise, but let Ishmael be the fulfillment of it. God says, no. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. And you will name him Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant with him. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. God says, No, I'm going to confirm my promise in the way that I wanted it to come about. God said, I made the promise with you and I'm going to deliver on my word the way I intended to. God says, no, my will is greater than your way. God says, Abraham, my will is better than your way. Now, had Abraham just had faith in miracles and trusted in God's will, he would have avoided a lot, a lot, a lot of family drama. Because let me, let me tell you, drama goes down in this family later down the line because Abraham was not willing to trust in God's will. Abraham was not willing to have faith that God would deliver on his promises. Therefore, he was not willing to to trust in God's will, and he wanted to have his way. And because he wanted his way, a lot of drama takes place in their family later down the road. You know, for a lot of us, if we would just trust in God's will, things would be a whole lot easier for us. If we would just trust in God's will instead of our way, we would avoid a whole lot of disappointment. If we would trust in God's will, we would avoid a whole lot of hurt in our lives. Now, we may believe in miracles. And we may believe that God has promises and wants to work his blessings in our lives. But the question is, do you want his will or your way? Because if you want your way, you're not going to receive His will. And His will is to work His blessings, His promises, His miracles in your life. But you can't have His will and your way. They are not compatible. You have to choose. And when we try to fulfill God's plan in our way, we are essentially saying that we don't have faith in God to provide. When we say through our actions that we would rather have our way instead of God's will, we are saying, God, I don't have faith in you to provide for me. But it's kind of funny because when we choose our way and our way doesn't work out, somehow we have a way of flipping it back on God and saying, God, why aren't you working your promises in my life? God, you promised me these big things in life. Why is it so small? Why am I so disappointed? Why do I feel hurt? Man, I followed my way. I wanted your will, but I followed my way. Why isn't it working out? And God's saying, because you're not having faith that I will provide for you. You have to have faith. And you have to choose to have God's will. You cannot choose to have your way. When we've traded God's perfect will for our imperfect way, we cannot be surprised when we are left feeling disappointed when things don't work out the way we expected them to work out. When things don't work out the way that God promised they would work out. God said to Abraham, I am going to confirm my promise to you. I'm going to confirm it, the promise that I made, that I will not break it, I'm going to confirm it with Isaac. I'm going to confirm my promise the way that I plan to. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, God, you've promised big and it seems so small. I want you to know God is saying, trust in my will and stop following your way. And as we learn in Genesis chapter 21, Isaac is born. Abraham has a son with Sarah. God's will is confirmed. In Genesis chapter 21, Isaac, his son, is born. You know, it may not have happened in the way that Abraham wanted it or thought it would happen. It may not have happened in the time frame Abraham wanted it to happen. But it still happened. And for many of us, we lose faith in God's will because we don't think God is acting quick enough. We want God to operate on our time schedule. When we want God to operate on our time schedule, we still want our way. See, if we are going to trust in God's will, we have to trust that he's going to provide. But we also have to be patient for him to do it in the timing that he thinks is perfect. The last thing I want to look at tonight is how Abraham did have faith. I want us to look at how Abraham had mountain top faith. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis 11, and we're going to read verses 1 through 17. It's going to be a, a little longer, but, uh, uh, you know, I- in this, Abraham is, uh, uh, has his son, excuse me, and it's Genesis 17, 1 through 17. I, I, I misspoke on that. Um, Abraham has his son, Isaac, And God has come to Abraham, and and he has some pretty stark things that he's asking him to do. Um, And and so uh, as Abraham is meeting with God, God lays some things out here. And again, sorry, I believe I misspoke again. Genesis 22, 1 through 17, here's what it says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. And God says, Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Listen to this. Listen to what God asked Abraham to do with the promise that God has given Abraham. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. God is asking Abraham, take take your son, who, who I promised you, who I promised you would have all your descendants through, go take your son, go take my promise, and I want you to go sacrifice him. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance stay here with the donkey abraham told the servants the boy and i will travel a little farther we will worship there and then we will come right back so abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them walked on together isaac turned to abraham and said father yes my son abraham replied We have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Isaac here is completely clueless to what is going on. Here Abraham is following what God has said, and and I can't help believe that Abraham is so distraught on the inside, is hurting in the inside as he's following what he believes God is telling him to do to go sacrifice his son. And here he has to answer his son, who is asking, what are we going to do for a burnt offering? We don't have a sheep. But listen to what Abraham says here. It's so profound. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him, To go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son, in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Uriah, which means the Lord will provide. And still to this day, people use that name as a proverb, quote, on this mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me, and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you and multiply your descendants. So just to kind of recap what, what's going on here, it's a lot. God comes to Abraham and says, I want you to take your son Isaac. You know, the boy that I promised you, the boy that I promised you would have, your only son that you have with your wife. Yeah, I want you to take your son Isaac. I want you to go on top of the mountain, And I want you to sacrifice him. And it's so profound what Abraham does. Abraham says, yes, Lord, I'll go. I I can't imagine how hard that must be. You know, truly, I only believe that God knows how hard that must be because God sacrificed his son for us. But I'm so impressed here with the faith of Abraham because what does he say As he's walking up the mountain, and his son Isaac looks at him in the eyes and says, Father, where is the sheep that we're going to sacrifice? And Abraham knows there is no sheep. You're the sacrifice. But he says, Son, God will provide. God will provide. See, Abraham is putting his weight on God here. Abraham is betting all the faith that he has on God. He is betting all of his faith that God will spare his son, that God will honor his faith and provide a way. But he was willing to have faith to believe that God would provide. And he had faith, ultimately, that even if God didn't provide the way he wanted him to, that God had a far greater plan than he could ever imagine. And Abraham, let's just be clear, Abraham thinks he's got the best plan he could ever have. Abraham's got a son. Finally, at at 100 years of age, Abraham finally has his own son. How much greater could it get for him? But he has the faith to believe that even if God doesn't provide the way that he so desperately wants him to, that God will provide in such a greater way than he could ever imagine. Because of his faith, because of his faith, God says, because of your faith, I provided. Because you obeyed me and because you had faith. I think God tonight is calling out to all of us to not just have faith, but to have mountain top faith. Because the truth is, is if we want to experience God's blessings, if we want to experience God's promises, if we want to experience and see miracles worked by God in our life, then we have to be willing to sacrifice what we love most. You have to be willing to sacrifice what you love most. And for many of us, what we view as the greatest, what we love most is our plan, is our desires. But if we want to experience the blessings of God in our life, we have to have mountaintop faith and we have to be willing to sacrifice our plans and desires. We have to have enough faith to say, God, God. I know I think what I have is great. I know what I have I think is great, but I have faith in you. I trust you to provide, and I trust that your plan is greater than anything that I could ever imagine. And let's just be real with one another right now. Right now, where we are as humans, right now? We are in a time where it is very clear that as a nation, as a world, as people, what we have is not the greatest. What we have is not great. We do not have it all figured out. We don't have the best that we could have. And now... Instead of causing destruction. Instead of hating. It's time for us to love. But it's time for us to love Christ. It is time for us to stop arguing. To stop being destructive. And it's time for us to turn to Christ. It's time for us to turn to Christ and say enough. Is enough. What we have isn't working. What we have isn't great. We we want to have faith. We want. God we want your will. We want your way. We don't want our way. Because our way is broken. Our way isn't working. We want your will. Because our way isn't. Jesus, we want you to come. We want your will. We want your blessings. We want to sacrifice our desires, our needs, our wants, so that we can have your blessings, so that we can live on this earth the way that you designed us to live on this earth. And it's going to be hard for us, because we can't sacrifice some of the things, Some of our plans, and not all of them. As people, as Christians, as a world, we have to be willing to fully submit to God. We have to be willing to say, Jesus, give us your way. And so, Jesus, I ask tonight, Lord, that you would give us your way. Lord, I ask that you would give us your will instead of our way. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have the kind of faith that Abraham had as he was walking up to the mountain. To say, God, I know what we think is great. I know what we think we have is great. Lord, I know my plan. I think it's good. But Lord, I have faith in you. To know that you will provide. To know that your plan is greater than anything I could ever dream of. Lord, help us to, to have faith that you will provide. Jesus, help us to choose your will over our way. Lord, give us the faith to believe in miracles. Lord, I pray for every student that is here tonight. that, That would be the truth. That they would have faith in miracles. Or that they would choose to have your will in their life. Heavenly Father, I know it is your desire to work for our good. So Lord, I pray that we would just have the faith for you to work. So that we can experience your blessings. Lord, I pray for every student that's watching or that will listen. Lord, I just pray that they would come to know your love. Lord, I pray that they would come to know your blessings and to know the truth about who you are that you are a God who does not break his promises, that you are a God who has promised to work good in their life, to give them blessings and work miracles. Lord, I pray that these students would know your love, would know your promises, and would trust in your word. Lord, I pray for all these students, Lord, that they would just come to know you and come to know a deeper relationship with you. Lord, I pray that we would just experience you on a whole deeper level. Lord, we pray for our nation. Lord, we pray that you would just bring us back. Bring us back together, but Lord, bring us back to you. Lord, bring us back to you. Lord, I fully believe that the the hurt and the pain and and all the disagreements and destruction that as people we have is because we're not following you as a nation. We're not following you as a world. We have allowed sin to come in and take control. And so, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would use us as your disciples to influence the world with your love. Lord, I pray that we would have faith that you will come back and establish your rule and your reign and your presence here on this earth. Lord, we just ask that you would come. Lord, we ask that you would come and bring love and bring unity. Lord, tonight as we have small groups, Lord, I pray that you would just bless our conversations, that you'd continue to convict us, continue to speak to us. But Lord, also help us to live out our faith and help us to trust in you every day of our life. Lord, we thank you and we honor you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, this is Nathan Sell, the youth pastor at Destin United Methodist Church. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. My prayer is that the Lord would use this podcast as an opportunity to speak life into you. I hope all of you know the love that the Lord has for you and that you are experiencing His blessings each and every day. God bless you and thank you for listening.